0: Today's guest is pushing beyond the familiar to create buildings and interiors that are distinctive, imaginative, and site-specific. He's a 2022 inductee into the Interior Design Hall of Fame. He approaches design with five key elements, sustainability, technology, the client, timelessness, and innovation. His personal interior design style is more eclectic and quirky compared to his more professional style, which is more tailored and edited. He's the co-owner and co-founder of Meyer Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, Gray Davis. Welcome, Gray. Hey Dan. Thanks for having me. No, I'm Excited about uh, today's talk. Well, I think I'm more excited than you because um, all of these conversations have just been so wonderful. And I think what what I've known forever, but this whole podcast journey has really helped me identify and connect with in a different way. Is that it's not just about people who are designing, building, owning, operating hotels. Hospitality touches everyone, right? It's in all of our lives. Um, but what's really cool about speaking to you today is that you guys were just inducted into the Interior Design Hall of Fame, which is like that's a huge deal. It was a it was a real
1: honor. Will Will Meyer, my business partner, and I were really honored when we got the news from Cindy Allen mm-hmm. at Interior Design, and. Uh, it's something that we had always kind of had on this pedestal and uh it was very unexpected when uh, we're actually sitting in this conference room um, when she told us and uh, we were just blown away and uh, they had the event um, late last year and um, it was incredible because uh, during COVID we weren't able to um, have them for the last few years. And so this was the first time that everyone was able to get together. And it was so great to see all of our colleagues
0: in one space um, and just to be together as one. Well, I want to get into the surprise of that, because in a way, I'm actually surprised you were surprised. But I don't want to get there yet. (laughs) So what's interesting is you guys started off in residential. Right? And, right, and then you've evolved and grown and grown and worked on amazing projects everywhere. But going back to what I said originally, where it's wonderful talking to people who are owning, operating, designing, building hotels. I really believe, and all these conversations have helped me figure out, and, or just really, I, I, not figure out because I always knew it, but helped me kind of connect the dots in a more certain way that hospitality touches everything. And so with that lead up, You know, how do you define hospitality? It's, Dan, it's about experiences. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You know, it's storytelling. Um, You know, we feel very lucky uh, in our studio that we get to be involved in such unique projects um, all over the world. But, um, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than um, completing a project a hotel or resort somewhere, and then seeing how people experience it and react to it. And sometimes it's as you had planned, and sometimes there's these unexpected moments, but it's incredibly rewarding. And I think um, what has been successful for us is, as you mentioned earlier, um, we started out doing um, high-end residential work Mm-hmm. Um, with um, a little bit of hospitality, more on one of our first projects was a, a, a nightclub um, out in Las Vegas. And, uh, and it sort of opened the floodgates. But um, I think what people appreciate in the hospitality world is that residential quality that we bring to hospitality. Um, there's certain things that, that people like, um, how they like to live. Um, you want to create these spaces that are very warm and inviting and welcoming, but they also have to stand the test of time. Um, at the same moment though, they often, they also
0: have to kind of wow you and create these unique experiences. So something that struck me and I, I've heard I read, I read that you said this, but I've also heard you say, I've heard Will say it. Um, You love, and you just said it a few minutes ago. But as far as creating spaces that are welcoming, like when you think about that, and you're you're kicking off a project, how do you figure out, like, based on where the project is, who all the stakeholders are, like, what's your mode of thinking about how do we make this experience the most welcoming it can be? Um,
1: I think first and foremost is probably being good listeners listening to the client the brand Um, we put a lot of energy into creating a narrative that really is very site-specific for that particular project Um, we do a lot of research on the history um, any kind of unusual characteristics um, goals that the the brand or the client has to achieve Um, and and, um, kind of we put that all together and that starts that becomes our guide as we design these places Um, and it it keeps us um, focused Mm -hmm. and I feel like We always, if we start to drift, we always, Will and I will always say, let's get that narrative out and let's go back and look at that narrative. And it'll usually inform us and guide us
0: on to get us back refocused. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've heard you say narrative a handful of times, storytelling. Um, Oftentimes when I walk into a property, I can sense the story being told almost, it's like, it's almost like too obvious in a way. It's like hitting me in the face. Whereas when I've walked into projects that you've done, it's, I get it, but it's like a bit more muted and um, uh, it's more of a feeling of the story. So like, how do you guys kind of narrow that gap between, okay, here, it's in Nashville and we're gonna do like belt buckles and honky tonk and blah, blah, blah. Instead, you're, you know, I just feel that there's a way that you guys kind of mute it. How do you do That's that in a in a unique way? Yeah,
1: um, you know, our aesthetic tends to be um, a bit more edited and modern. And um, the the Dream Hotel is a great example in Nashville, um, where you know you would typically think, okay, Nashville, it's country music. Um, you know, it's it's cowboy boots and uh, cowboy hats and all of that kind of stuff. And Nashville's a very sophisticated city. Uh, it's got a great music scene. And so, how do we how do we dive into that and um, reinterpret it mm-hmm. in a way that will will resonate with people, but um, in a unique way mm-hmm. that kind of also challenges them. I think people, um, want to, want to be wild. and, um, you know, they're particularly at a hotel or resort. Um, you know, you want these to be memorable experiences. And so it's our job to, to do that in a way. And, and you, we try to do it in a, in a subtle way. Um, it's not obvious, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of our clients have appreciated. And yeah. you know, again, it's 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 approaching it in a way that that is welcoming,
0: but not in the obvious way. Yeah, and I love um, obviously Las Vegas, Nashville, two very like intense cities with really intense perspectives. And then you go across the Atlantic to Rome, which is like one of my favorite Actually, I just started doing a ten thousand piece Lego with my son of the Colosseum, um, oh, wow. so I'm really, I'm really excited. Oh, that's about that. cool! But <clears throat> I remember when W Hotels first opened in like the late '90s. It was so exciting. Um, I just it was remember- a real, it was a real game changer. You oh. know, it was those
1: were the properties, those were the hotels that you wanted to go to because they always had. The coolest crowd there was this great energy and um you know they were really they were unique and and forward thinking and um really uh targeted
0: um a very specific demographic and and you just felt like that was the place to to be yeah and they had this idea where like anything was possible they had that whatever whenever line the, right the, the, everything was a ww right. But you know, getting back on that Alitalia flight to go back over to Rome, <clears throat> as W's grown, and then Merit has okay. bring in, brought in all of these other brands, you know, it, they're really trying to differentiate it. And I feel as if, just from the things that I've read, what I've heard, and what I've seen, that your W Rome project has really been almost, um, it's been a really important part of that, hey, where, where, is, where is W going? I don't think that that was intentional, but like, as but I but they've really but it's people have really grabbed onto that particular project, and it's like kind of bending an it, arc of a brand right now. So th- that's amazing, and that doesn't happen very often. So tell us about that.
1: It was um, when we first um, when they first reached out and said that they wanted us to be involved with the W We were super excited. Um, and, um, thinking about, you, you know, that with Rome, there's so much history, you know, with the architecture and fashion and food and culture. And there's just, there's so much to, to pull from there. We're like, this is going to be really exciting. And, um, ownership and brand, we're wanting to kind of, um, push the envelope and, and um, we felt like it was almost kind of a, a rebirth for the, for the brand. And um, they were all very encouraging and we really spent, again, developing that, that narrative and looking at um, the elements there. And one of the, the, the taglines that we came up with is Live Eternal. And they use that today, and um, and you know, and it's very different than our typically edited style when we were designing. It's two beautiful old historic buildings um, that we did this little modern gasket that connects the two, um, and the interiors are more maximalism. As opposed to kind of kind of more reserved and edited, and it was really exciting to to do something like that and um, look at it in a in a different perspective. And I think you know our team um, here at Meyer Davis is really um, focused on creating something that goes back to that's very site specific and. Not only for the W in Rome, W Rome, but also um, what that experience is like. Um, thinking about the detailing, um, how approachable it is. Um, what the what the uh, the elements, the living room, those kind of key areas, the the uh, uh, the, the the guest rooms with w rome the experience is more about maximalism Mm -hmm. and from the moment you walk in the door um, you feel that and sense that and um, the night that they had their big opening party um, it was packed there were probably a thousand people Um, they had invited about 400 and about a thousand people showed up Um, it was A great evening Um, and the Romans have really embraced the property and you know one of the things that we noticed is when we've been back there a few times is that you see them hanging out um, in the restaurants in the in the um, outdoor courtyard um, in in the bar Um, and it's it's become a real social hub for Rome. And so we felt like, okay, you know, it's working because we, we wanted to create a place that not only visitors would go, but also the locals would go too.
0: And so it was really, um, exciting for us to, to see that happening. Yeah. And I didn't realize there were a thousand people at the party. So that actually, maybe that nerve, that, goes back that brings me back to the late 90s early 2000s when you know you'd hear these stories of the w mexico city opening and like randy gerber and cindy crawford are there and all of the uh, awesome uh, residents of mexico city who wanted to go for the party and i just feel like maybe that's what's so exciting about it is that it that hotel in particular had a huge opening party and i think that might have been a cap on maybe why that, is going to, that property in particular is going to be so important as W charts its path forward. So I want to go back to, I love where you're talking about the two buildings at W. Rome. Yes. Um, and again, I know we've talked about W. Rome a bunch here. So I'm going to use that idea of the modern gasket that you said, bridging the two buildings together. Um, because as I, as I was watching you and listening to you share that, that, kind of, that moment at the, at the project, it makes me think about Meyer Davis as a firm and your origins of residential and hospitality, your, under, your muted, understated, refined narrative that you guys do on the hospitality side, but then also your personal kind of, I forgot what I said, like a, a quirky yes. um, different side. So like in all of these projects, and I guess with all designers, it's really about finding that gasket between all of the stakeholders to opening a successful hotel. And did you call that moment, but the connector between the buildings, a gasket when you were first doing it or has it evolved into that gasket idea? And how does that apply to projects in general that you, that you work on? We, we, that's a great question. And
1: um, we, for Rome, it worked because there were these two separate buildings and we needed to be able to tie them together. Mm. And so there, this modern glass gasket became that element um, that became the kind of living room, the scene space. Um, but we like, um, you know, in our work, we always are focused on Um, Whether we're working on a residential project and bringing in some of our knowledge from hospitality or Mm -hmm. the other way around, we're always kind of um, feeding one from the other. And Mm -hmm. I think our 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 studio, um, you know, with we've got just under 100 people um, here in New York, Miami la london um and a few people kind of scattered across the world but one Um, in nashville and one in nashville yes (laughs) yes most importantly (laughs) one in nashville um you know is is that diverse body of work Mm. um you know i think typically firms are um, focused on one area, and we really like to keep it fairly broad. And I think, um, you know, we, we learn from every project that we work on. Mm. And, um, you know, we always have um, members of our teams, like, I'd love to work on a residential project, or I'd love to work on a hospitality project. And,
0: and we like to keep it fresh. It's almost like so, a cross-training, right? You're, they get to experience both in the details and the execution of both. That's got to be really refreshing where oftentimes people are, are pigeonholed. Exactly. And I think that's one
1: of the things that we really strive here is, you know, residential projects tend to move a bit faster, mm-hmm. um, whereas a, a hotel or a resort takes several years. And so it's it's nice to, to be able to switch around. Um you know, and in, in, in try, um, you know, your hand at, at different, different things. You know, we also are involved in a, a lot of um, restaurant work, restaurants and bars, which are great and exciting. And I think there you're able to really experiment with some design elements. Mm. Um, and then we've also, um, we've gotten very much involved with a lot of branded residences and in really luxury condos um recently Mm. and we feel like um will and i were talking the other day that we feel like we've really become kind of the master of these really high-end uh branded residences um kind of across the world we're working on some stuff in in australia um, europe um Latin America, the Caribbean, and the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so it's just interesting how I think with COVID, um, it's allowed people, people now realize that they can kind of work anywhere. And so it's opened up a whole new kind of um, uh,
0: real estate arm, so to say. Um, So I know I've heard you talk about The residential side and the hospitality side, but there's another trend that I'm noticing with some of the biggest and best um, interior design firms out there of product design. Um, One of which, three people who I'm huge fans of are Rich, Brilliant, and Willing, and you came up, you developed a lighting line with them. I used to share an off, I used to have an office like right across, right we shared a wall on Christie Street when they were first starting, and they are just the coolest those the coolest guys, I would say kids, they're they are so awesome and, and so forward looking and so strategic in how they're doing it. I'm curious, like as you're looking at product design and, and you're getting your products out there into the marketplace, let's use Rich Brilliant Willing as an example, because I'm just huge fans of them. Like there's a million lighting companies out there. Like how did you pick them to develop this line with? Um, RBW, those
1: guys working with them was such a great experience. They're incredibly talented, mm-hmm. and um, and we worked on several products with them. One of them is our hoist fixture that's been hugely successful, and um, and and again, it was kind of sitting down with them and, and talking to them about what they felt like was kind of missing in the market and. Mm-hmm. We talked about one of the things that we felt like was needing, and that's how this hoist fixture came about, that it allows
0: you... How do you spell that? Hoist? Yeah. I'm the worst speller, H-O-I-S-T. Okay, so I will... We'll put that in the notes. Okay, good. (laughs) Great, keep going. Um, And uh, it's a
1: a fixture that can be hung from the ceiling, from the wall, it can be a sconce, but... um, it, what it does is it's got its own clip system where you can secure it um, and it can plug directly into an outlet, so for a lot of residential projects, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. For hospitality, it, um, it gave you a lot of flexibility and also we felt like it kind of, we wanted something that empowered the, the user, the designer or whoever was using it. And it's a very simple fixture, but just beautifully designed. I mean, we did hundreds of sketches Mm -hmm. of it and um, you can get it in all different kind of custom, different colors, Um, but working with them was just a a really rewarding kind of experience. And I think now they've recently relocated to really incredible
0: uh, facility up, I think in Kingston, and are just kind of killing it. Totally. With what they're doing to kind of flip the script a little bit, I think one of the things you said that makes you really successful is your ability to listen to all the stakeholders. So I'm really curious, like when you become the client to someone like RBW, how did they how did um, how did they listen to you? Right, right. Is there a similar can you tie a thread between how they would listen to you through those hundreds of sketches to how you would listen to your clients? We 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 sat down with them and we
1: they said here's kind of what we're thinking and they would love theo said i'd love to have you know maybe 10 or 15 ideas (laughs) from you um on these kind of items and things that you know these are things that we feel like we're missing and so we kind of elaborated on that and so we went away kind of came back collaborated and thought about it developed it and um it was it was a true collaboration and um sitting down and thinking about um they were very much involved in how it would be made the production cost mm-hmm. the packaging um the type of you know it obviously it needs to be dimmable we're very specific about our warm light you know getting those now the led lights at that time were a bit brighter, and so we're like, guys, we gotta, we gotta warm this up. Mm-hmm. And um, there was some back and forth. There were some details that we were very uh, focused on, and we had kind of some, some rounds with that. Um, but it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a true collaboration in taking things that that we felt were important, and how can we deliver it. That's in an affordable
0: way, mm-hmm. but truly unique and mm-hmm. serves a purpose. And, and just for the record, everyone, I, I have no relationship with Rich Brilliant Willing other than I'm just huge <laughs> fans of them. But like they're just such great guys, and I'm so glad you, that you had collaborated. And thank you f- for sharing that. We love we love working with them,
1: yeah. and um, you know we would love you know we'd love to do more more
0: stuff with them. Um, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that you're the worst <laughs> speller. Have you always been a bad speller? Terrible. Always? Always. Is it like reading also? I'm slightly dyslexic. OK, I wanted to go and... there without asking. You <laughs> because what's so crazy to me, in all of these conversations, or not all, in many of these conversations, people that have chosen a design, a design route or a, um, a more visual career path, many, many of them, surprisingly many, have some sort of dyslexia or, or um neurodiversity that draws them to this place where they can right. develop a, a space. Like how did you how did that do you, how did that mild dyslexia, if you will, shape your journey towards be, being who you are? I never really thought about it that
1: much. Mm. Um you know, it's just it's just the way I've from from a young kid i always kind of struggled with that but i always was very creative and um you know when i was in school people used to laugh at my spelling and you know i'd get you know was and saw backwards and you know all of those kind of things and um you know i just tried to you know move forward and it's funny that you mention it even today i would had sent a, a little post of somebody's birthday yesterday and of course misspelled something. They're like, well, at least I can spell. It's <laughs> like, great. I never can win. Yeah. But, uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I, it hasn't held me back and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those, everybody in the office knows that they need to
0: spell check anything that Gray has worked on. And, uh, it's, well I, I think about it a lot because it's a theme that's come up a few times and and thank you for sharing I'm like sorry, sorry, I don't know what's in <laughs> plan but I think what's what's um inspiring but also troublesome it's inspiring that of the people who have shared that, you know they' found this path of design, right where it's really visual, visualizing spaces, being able to see things backwards forwards inside out um and that's like a real superpower that many people right. don't have. Right. Um, but there's so many people that are out there that may be struggling with that, not really have a name for it, and not even know that right. design is a path. Well, um, when we were um,
1: inducted into the Platinum Circle, um, so many awards. With, How do you keep with track With Stacy Schumacher at Hospitality Design several years ago. We were inducted at the same time that um nick jones was that started Mm -hmm. so house and in his speech he said that you know he had similar issues and you know he just he loved um creating these really great restaurants and you know what are now you know so house which is huge but he said he really struggled with it but he you know, in his creative field and cooking and, and creating these, these beautiful um, clubs, you know, it, that's what really kept him going. Mm. And so I think it, it for some reason, it, it does
0: affect a lot of people that are in the creative world, strangely. Totally. And I wish, I wish there was a channel open to those kids that don't even know that no. this creative world is out there. And you know, I get a lot of feedback, all all different kinds, but a, a lot of it is from students, interns, uh-huh. people who are kind of starting their journey and they're like, Oh my god, I love that they shared that because like I knew I was on the right path. So it, thank it's you for It's just sharing. about
1: it's about doing what you my father always said, he said, Gray, it's doing what you gotta be happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they just they were huge my mother and father were huge supporters and said you know whatever we need to do to get you there we'll we're behind you and i've never let it affect me and i've just always
0: tried to stay focused on what i love doing well in a way it has affected you because it drew you to what you what you love right right right, right. so back to let's say you're in high school right you're your, your spelling challenged, if you will. <laughs> how did you then decide to go to Auburn? like how did that all happen, and how did you decide to go on that path? I had always, as a child loved to
1: draw and sketch and you know and travel with our family. We would go to places I was looking at the architecture and and studying the history um and in our neighborhood in, in Tennessee, where in Tennessee was it? Uh, Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Okay. Um, Is that East, West, Middle? That's Middle Tennessee. Okay. Actually, it's the exact geographical center of Tennessee. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, you either went to Vanderbilt, University of Tennessee, or Auburn. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so in our neighborhood, we, um, there were kids that that went to all three of those schools and i originally thought well i'll go to the university of tennessee they've got a great architecture school there um went there and just felt like it was a little it was larger than what i was anticipating it's huge and uh and so and do you like orange um of course i do okay um uh and my brother went to school there, mm. so there was a connection. And then um, some neighbors of mine, um, all of their kids went to Auburn, and they said, you know, and I'd done some research, I knew Auburn had a great architecture school there. And so I went down, and I was like, I just felt like this is it, you know? And it was a great school, um, connected with, um, you know students there the professors um and it was just an incredible experience and it's you know it's kind of in the middle of nowhere but uh you know there's a lot of talent uh with the faculty there uh that's just incredible and um a lot of a lot of good kids mm. um that we have hired have come from there and um you know, we still stay in touch with the dean and the faculty, both on the architecture and the interiors, in the interior design department. And they always reach out and let us know um, when they're gonna be in New York, and we always get together. And, um, you know, we just, its it was, it we we feel like it was a, a really, I feel like it was a, a great experience mm. for me.
0: And you and Will met there, correct?
1: I knew Will there. I was a few years um, older than Will. Um, I was graduating and I think he was either in first or second year Mm -hmm. architecture there. Um, We knew each each other, but we really got to know each other in New York um, through one of our professors there, David Brawley. And when he would be in New York, he would say, let's get together, Will and Gray and Dave, David, the three of us would always get together and go out and have dinner and, and hang out together. And and how many years working were you then? I was, I came up here, I had never been to New York before um, and thought, well, that would be kind of an interesting place to live. And so bought a one-way ticket up. Um, and on my second day here, walked, to an apartment on 60th and 3rd, signed a lease on that apartment and walked around the corner to work at John Saladino's office, or to an interview there, my first job interview. Got that, so within the second day, everything was kind of done. I had a Mm -hmm. place to live and a job. That's unheard of. stayed there for uh, about four years, I guess, Mm -hmm. at Saladino, great experience. My first project was working on what is now the the Four Seasons on 57th Street. We were doing the interiors. Ian Pei was doing the architecture. It was mind-blowing.
0: That's an amazing property. It's still closed. It's still closed, which is unfortunate. Hopefully you guys can be involved when they reopen. That would be amazing. Ty, are you listening? (laughs) Um, But Will and I, um, whenever David Brawley
1: was in the city, we'd always get together. And and one day... David said, "You know, the two of you should start a firm together."
0: No way. And we
1: had not really ever we had never thought about it. And um, Will and I both kind of looked at each other, and he's like, "You know, he's right." Will was working at Walkme Siegel, very prominent, very well respected architectural firm. And at that time, I was working at Arrow with Bill Sofield and Thomas O'Brien, mm. and uh, and we were doing some. We just we said okay let's let's we had a couple of residential projects and um this 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 club in Las Vegas, and that's what kind of
0: launched it all. Wow it's unbelievable. so going back to where you just maybe at that moment where David Brawley who's your professor 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 yep. um, <clears throat> He said, you're at dinner. He's like, you know, you two should start a firm together. At the, Where were you eating? We were, I think we were at Raul's over here in Soho. Oh, my God. So another kind of classic place. When I first uh, moved to New York City with my wife, um, <laughs> we lived right on Thompson, just north of yes. Prince, right next to that place. Yes. It's like such a special it's an institution so i'm like lighting up listening so keep so you're there and so we're like there in a the booth or at we're, the we were sitting in a booth and
1: oh. i think we were all drinking wine probably probably had a little too much wine mm-hmm. and um you know we were just we always kind of talked about design and um you know oh. we were we were we were both working yeah. on some some uh We just felt like it was getting to be i was at a point where i felt like okay i needed to what's my next move Mm. and so you know when david said that it just kind of clicked and will and i started talking and we were working on a we started working on a uh, little freelance project together and it just it was so much fun
0: and we're like okay it's it's time and uh and took that leap so going back to raul's at that nice, little, warm, cozy booth. If there was a crystal ball placed on the table and David said, I got to meet this guy, by the way. But uh, if he said, look into this crystal ball, and that crystal ball told you that you'd have 100 employees in five different offices around the world, would you believe him? I would have said you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's, it feels like it just happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's been incredibly fast and rewarding but never would i have thought that you know this is where we would be today will and i still look at each other you know we we sit across from each other we've always sat across from us from each other and uh you know we I. he is the best partner and we have more fun working together and uh We get to travel the world and I get
0: excited about coming into the office every day. Yeah, and in speaking to him, he says the same thing about you. I forget exactly the conversation or the question I asked him, but like, as far as maybe it was some sort of conflict resolution between the two of you. He's like, I don't think we really get into arguments and then it seemed like there was like a yin and yang kind of thing right or was he he lying we're from the south
1: and so (laughs) we don't like confrontation yeah so we um, we you know what we are very diplomatic and we try to keep the office and the studio Mm -hmm. that way and um, you know that's important it's important to have a a really beautiful environment to work in and um, surrounded by Really unique people. Um, Our team here is um, very diverse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, Will and I, have a saying that whoever has the best idea is the idea that we run with. I remember him saying that, yeah. We we
0: still live by that today. Mm. Um, So, going back to that dinner with David and thinking to where you are now. If I were to ask, well I'll ask you right now, it's a two-part question like what are you most proud of in that time from that meeting with, with Will and David to now, and then actually answer ask that one answer that one first and then I'll hit you with the second one. What am I most proud of is,
1: I think the incredible team that we have um, that, um creates all of this beautiful
0: stuff that we get to be involved with that we get to kind of share with the world yeah that's amazing and the team is amazing and I I didn't realize that you had an office in London yet I don't know how I missed that memo but I apologize for not doing my homework so I've heard what you're so proud of your team to this point but as you look to the future with that team And with your partner will like what's exciting you most into the future looking into the future i i would say these new projects that we're
1: currently working on Mm -hmm. and um that are um all of our projects are about you know anything that we get involved with now is about sustainability and stuff like that but and how we do it in a way that's 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 understated But, um, creating places that, um, inspire people and, um, make people think about where they are and what they're doing. Um, you know, we're, we're working on, uh, a huge project that's part of, uh, the Red Sea development company in Saudi Arabia is it that big mirrored it's not the line it is it's it's on the uh it's on the coast and um it's about 12 resorts uh on the mainland and on this these small islands Mm. and um we're working on a a new one there that's uh, that's um very light touch Mm. it's on this small island that's right on the point in all the the guest rooms or the little villas, or all these little tinted structures, right on the coast, um, that is going to be just remarkable. And uh, it's uh, they're getting ready to break ground on that, and will be done probably in a couple of years. Mm. And we've been working on that for a few years, but that's very exciting because it's all about sustainability and light touch, and that part of the world the Red Sea, um, is beautiful in that coast
0: there. And, uh, those kind of things get us excited. Cool. You know, um, before you talked about that, you said the projects that you work on, and I, I wrote it down a little bit differently because I like alliteration, but I heard you say, inspire, impact the projects you like to work on. You want them to inspire others to impact others and kind of having, leaving them with a lasting memory and maybe changing the directory, but then it was also introspection that causes them to look inward.
1: Well, I think you know, we're when we design um, not so much residential, residential has a a big impact, but I think particularly in these public um, in the public realm um, hotels resorts and stuff where people are going and what that is and and to us it's it's about getting it right Mm. and so many times when we work on places um, it's really important to us and i'll use a couple of examples is uh, little dicks bay down in the british virgin islands that we completed uh, a couple of years ago Um, beautiful place very forward thinking that the uh, rockefeller started about 55 years ago. And mm-hmm. it was all about sustainability, beautiful crescent-shaped beach, uh, all these little bungalows right along the coast. And um, and there was a side of people that didn't want anything changed, but there was another uh, side that they knew that they needed to um, update the, the resort. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that in a way that doesn't alienate the people that love to go there and they have a history there, um, but at the same time satisfying the people that have never gotten to experience a place like that. And we find that a lot of times and and we try to do it in a sensitive kind of way. um, And uh, that's key. Another one is a project in um, In in just outside of Athens, Greece, the the Four Seasons Astere Palace. Mm. And it has a huge um, history um, with people in Europe and a lot of celebrities and um, people getting married there, special events and and such happening. And when we were working on that, um, so many times people said, well, please don't. You know, I had a relative that got married there, I was at this really beautiful event with all these dignitaries and stuff and um, you know, and that that um, that weighs heavily on you. you want to get it right mm-hmm. and so you know you really search and constantly going back and questioning, you know, is this the right move? Is this the right move? And so when these places open and people are like, oh my God, it's even better than we would have ever imagined. Then you feel like, okay, that's a good sign. And so I feel like we, we constantly um, think about those things and what you know the average person, you love it when people come in and, and look at something in a new way, um, puts a smile on their face or, or makes them think about something mm-hmm. um, that, that challenges them. And I think that's
0: what design should be. Totally. I completely agree. Um, going back to when you were in high school in Middleborough, Murphy's Murfrees, Murfrees, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro, right in the I, It's right in the middle of just Tennessee, say outside of Nashville, outside of Nashville. But you said it's the geographic center. Yes. Right. <clears throat> going back to Murfreesboro. Um, let's pretend you're there, the younger version of you and the gray I'm speaking to right now walks up to the younger gray. What advice do you have for yourself? I would say follow your
1: your passion. Um, you know, I think at a young age I was lucky enough to kind of always know that I enjoyed design and and wanted to to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um It was a little bit more of a struggle for me to, to get there, but, um, it was worth
0: it and I don't think I would change anything. Awesome. Maybe meeting Will sooner or having that dinner sooner, (laughs) right? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Wow. I mean, this has just been such an incredible conversation for me just to learn about you and your journey a little bit more. Um, and I thank you for your time. If people wanted to learn more about you or Meyer Davis, like how can they get in touch? They should um, they
1: should go to our, our website, which is MeyerDavis.com, mm-hmm. and um, you know if if we're happy to to uh, we always have young kids coming through and talking to them, and um, you know if there's somebody that's getting ready to graduate and is interested in residential design or hospitality design, get in touch
0: with us. We'd love to talk to you. Buy that one-way ticket to New York and try to find a job <laughs> and an apartment in three days. Or two days. De- Was it two days? Uh, two days. That's yeah, right. That's crazy. That's right. Wow. Um, so I just want to say thank you for your time. I know how busy you are with your hundred employees and all of your offices all over the world. Thank you. Dan, thank you. This has really been a pleasure and, yeah. uh, and really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, And to you guys, the listeners, thank you. Without you um, tuning in and the audience growing every week, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. And if this has changed your idea on how to design or deliver hospitality, please pass it along because we've all grown by word of mouth. So thank you very much and we'll catch you next time.